Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Praise the Lord then. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's title this message, Jesus is with us in the storm. He is. He has been with us through every storm in 2019. This being my last message for 2019. And Christ has been, indeed, he has been with us. Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, please speak to us today from your word. Help us to receive it, Lord. Give us teachable spirits, dear God. Please help us not to be distracted, but listen to what you're saying to us through your spoken word, which is your very breath, your voice. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're in Matthew chapter 14, and verses 22. Matthew chapter 14 and verses 22. Then immediately, then immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. This is throughout Jesus' life. The Holy Spirit was always leading him to pray. Now when the evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. <coughs> I'm going to look at this teaching of the storm, the idea that they're faced with a storm. They were actually faced with a storm. So it's not just an analogy. This is what they encountered, right? But we're going to, we are going to understand that from storms in our lives generally. This was their circumstance at that time in their reality. It was a physical storm. But, but we can apply that in our lives. When we look back at 2019 and see that we have been through many storms. When we started 2019, January 2019, none of us had any ideas of the different storms we'll face throughout the year. But we went through storms. Observe here. They did not invite the storm. Storms will come. It's part of life. And it will come even more so when we are serving the Lord. It will come. 
But observe what the Lord Jesus said to them in the midst of this storm. And this is the very thing he is saying to all of us. The Holy Spirit is saying this in our hearts and in our minds and in our understanding. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. This it is I could be understood as I am. Where Jesus, where God declare himself in Exodus chapter 3 and verses 14, I am that I am. Jesus is with us. And whenever, whatever storm we will face in 2020, we can rest assured that God is with us. Our Lord Jesus is with us. We do not have to face life storms alone. The devil will come to us and he will make us feel as though we are alone by ourselves. He will even lie to us and make us think that we are the only one in the entire congregation going through this. Don't ever expect Satan to speak the truth. He cannot. Not that he wouldn't. He cannot. He's a liar and he's the very father of lies. His essence of is lying within him. There is no truth. So, God is telling us that today. Come 2020, whatever we are faced with, stop and thank the Lord Jesus that he is with you in the midst of the storm. Even if it might be worsening, we stop and we thank him. Let's look back at 2019 and we can thank him. Thank you, God. The only possible way that we could have made it is because you were with us. Each of us can attest to that. How is Jesus with us? Because his spirit is inside of us. He gave us his Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit. He promised the Holy Spirit. The Father promised the Holy Spirit. And Christ said, I have to go. For if I don't go, the Comforter will not come. But when I go, I will send him. And he is the promise of the Father. So the presence of Jesus has to be appreciated by the work of the person of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, what it will end up being is some abstract concept of Jesus without the personal relationship. Are we following this? The Holy Spirit is inside of us. Otherwise, it will be a thought in the mind, and it stays there, and the devil will attack us, and he will bring all kind of doubt and stress and anxiety and make us feel as though well, I'm believing he is with me, but I'm not really experiencing him. But he has sealed us with his spirit, and his spirit is inside of us, and thus Jesus is with us. Observe that they were afraid, and so what will the Holy Spirit do? He will calm us down. He will calm us down. And he did in 2019, didn't he? He calmed us down. 
even when we may have been wanting to panic because the devil always works through stress and anxiety and confusion. Fear and doubt, all of those things are the cunning work of the devil. The Holy Spirit is our comforter and he will comfort us. We simply ask, O oh Holy Spirit, you are inside of me. Thank you. Can you comfort me? We don't complicate it. He's inside of us. Comfort me, O oh Holy Spirit, through this time. Help my mind, dear God, not to become so weary over this, where I'm taken over with stress. Life will always bring a level of anxiety. Well, if you think you're making it without anxiety, maybe CJ and Dante, they're not going to understand this yet, but eventually, when God brings that godly person in your life, and you get married and you have children, then your fathers, now you're faced with a different level of anxiety. All parents will always face anxiety about concern for their children, their grandchildren, the great-great-grand. That's just a natural part of us. Are you following this? Yes. That stems not because they're doing anything wrong, but that stems that the world is all bent and out of shape with evil. But even in the midst of all of that, the Holy Spirit is telling us, don't be afraid. I am with you. The Lord Jesus is telling us that. Are you following? Yes. Don't be afraid. You can take that situation. I want you to take it and place it in, place it in my loving arms. I'm in control. Then the Lord says, it is I. And do not be afraid. This is God. I am God. Jesus is God himself. I am that I am. He is the one that is sustaining and keeping us. Now I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Find Hebrews chapter 12. And I want us to focus I want us to focus on three things. There are more than three, of course, but there are three things that God wants us to, I believe this morning, wants me to share with you. Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What's the first word there? Looking unto Jesus. It's an ongoing action. The Holy Spirit, by the grace and mercy of God, gives us the strength to keep looking unto Jesus. We can look two ways. In life, we can look. There are only two possibilities. 
Either we look at the storm or we look at Jesus. Everyone got that? Yeah. Which one do you think the devil would want us to look at? He would want us to look at the storm. Because when we look at the storm, humanly, he will then cause us to panic and be afraid and be stressed and wear us out. And then we are no longer serving Jesus because we're just trying to survive life. Christians should never give the answer. How are you doing? I'm surviving. No. There's no I'm surviving. Jesus did it for us. He died and he rose again. His resurrection says, there is no surviving anymore. I'm a child of God. Walking with the dunamis, the power of the Holy Ghost inside of me. So what did God tell us here? He says, looking unto Jesus. He is the author. He knows exactly what he's doing. That's the idea of the author. It's not a self-focus. It's a Christ-focus on this theology. Christ knows what he is doing. So we're not going to question him. And whatever he has in mind, he will bring it to pass. When we think of the cross, where Christ went to the cross and he finished his work. If he did that, surely he can solve our storm. The greatest storm, the greatest problem we had was sin that separated us from God. And if Jesus solved that, surely that storm, he can handle it. Mm -hmm. So here is this. Next time the devil pop up some storm in 2020, say, I got one for you. Wait. And he throw it at you. You stop and you say, but Satan, I'm going to measure that storm. in light of something else. My greatest storm was I born separated from God. And Jesus solved that. So surely, this storm, I'm not going to look at you or look at it. I'm going to be looking at Jesus. And now I'm born again, saved by the grace of God. Why should I even look at it? Now, I'm not suggesting here that we live in a world of denial and pretend everything is good. How are you doing? Bless the Lord. I'm doing great. Everything is great. No. By all means, no. We look at our reality just like they did. They, they literally were in a storm with wind, afraid that they will die. Now, listen. If fishermen are afraid that they will die, it had to be a tough condition. Our brother Tony, who was in, in, in the Marines, in, in the Navy, right? But they look to Jesus. So that's the first principle. This is what God is telling us here, saints. Looking unto Jesus. An amazing, beautiful language structure there. Keep looking unto him. Moment by moment. Then I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 15. In 2 Corinthians chapter 15, when we're faced 
with life storms. So Brother Paul is going through some storm in his life. Whatever this storm was, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Yes, not 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Whatever storm was Paul was going through in this storm, here is his reality. Look up here for a moment. It had to be worse than being beaten. It has to be worse of being falsely accused. That hurts, doesn't it? It has to be worse than being shipwrecked. It has to be worse than being in prison. And Paul is faced with this storm, 2 Corinthians chapter 15, 12. Why, why am I saying 15 all the time? But he was faced with this that God allowed. See, the enemy can't do anything that God will not allow. God does not tempt us, nor does he, can he be tempted, not, neither does he tempt us. But he allows things to go on. That's in his sovereign grace. And he will one day bring it to an end. So he allows this to happen. It was directly from Satan. The devil came to him. Spiritual warfare. Satan in his life. And I want you to pick up from verses 8. Concerning this thing, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Got it this time. All right, verses 8. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times. You see what he did with his storm? Are you following that? When you're faced with a storm, don't try to handle it. He pleaded with God. that it might depart from me. God does not want us to welcome storms. No. While we thank God through the storms, we don't say, oh dear God, I am so thankful. Yes, I love pain. No. Let's get that whole understanding correctly. We can thank God because he is sovereignly in control. But on the other hand, no one hates himself. You're going through a storm, you're going through some, some pain. Oh, dear God, take this from me. That's why as soon as something happens, I run to the doctor. I just don't like pain. <laughs> so I don't wait for things to get out of hand. So he's crying out to God, whatever it is, Pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, completely depart from me. And he, meaning our Lord Jesus, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul responds, Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. What he is saying there is, I'm not enjoying the suffering, but I take pleasure in knowing that when I suffer, I suffer for Jesus. Are you following the difference? 
I'd be very worried if one of my fellow pastors say, I take pleasure in suffering because I love suffering. Now, brother, sit down. Let me tell you something. You take pleasure in that I'm suffering for Jesus. That's a different thing. You got that? Yes. But observe this. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What is he talking about? Because he understands this. Jesus saying to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Many a times, or most times, did we have some say over the storm? No. Sometimes it can happen that way. Bad decisions that we made, but usually it's the enemy bringing warfare against us. But as we look unto Jesus and we know that God is in control, what is our trust? That the more we depend on the Lord is the more we will experience his strength. So what is weakness? The enemy attack us and it appears though we are weak is really our strength. What a place, a position to be in. When I am weak, I experience the strength of Christ inside of me. Oh, child of God, listen. God never called any of us to walk around with all this humanistic attitude of look at me, I am mighty and powerful. The devil loves that. He'll just build us up for a fault. But it is, I can humble myself before my Savior. Because when I'm humble before him in the midst of my storm, he is with me. And I'm looking onto him. And there lies his strength inside of me. See the difference? It is Christ's strength inside of us. Finally, finally, remember what our Lord Jesus said? What did he say to them? He said, be of good cheer. And he's letting them know that I am with you. Are you following this? And nothing should replace that understanding. I am going through this storm. Christ is with me. How do I know that he is with me? How do I know? The Holy Spirit is confirming that in my inner being, that Christ is with me. And here is a glorious promise. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. I promise you I'm not going to say chapter 15. Matthew chapter 28. But here is our Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 28 and verses 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, Observe. All authority has been given to me. Who has all authority? Our Lord Jesus. In heaven and on earth. Not just in heaven, on earth. Does he have authority over our storm? Yes. Stop handing that authority over to the devil. 
Christ has authority over our storm and over our lives. And based on that, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There lies the blessed Trinity. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And then here it comes. Lo, I am. Again, we see that I am, right? With you always, even to the end of the age. Even to the end of the age. That I am Emmanuel. Name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. God is with us. Jesus is defining that. In his last words, in the Gospel of Matthew. Are you following that? He is saying, look, I am Emmanuel because I am with you. Emmanuel, Elohim is with us. God is with us. He's asserting also that he is God. Christ is with us. He has been with you in all of us. In 2019, promise you one thing by the word of God, thank God. He's not going to quit being with us in 2020. Why? Here is the assurance. I am with you always. And it's going to go on even to the end of the age. Either we can think of it in terms of our life, but I think what it is speaking here is the end of the age of the church. He will be with the church, every believer at every generation. What a glorious promise. Take some time. Take some time. We have a few days again before this year comes to an end. And reflect on what Jesus has done in your life. And take some time. Reflect on this message. And indeed, he will help us to appreciate and to give him thanks that he has been with us through every storm. And he, by his spirit, has allowed us to keep our eyes on him through every storm. Take some time to reflect on it. And he, by his grace and mercy, has allowed us at moments when we were so weak, we did not know where to go, left nor right, up nor down. That's where the Holy Spirit brought the word of God and spoke it into our inner being. God says, in your weakness, you best experience my strength. We thank God for Jesus. We thank Jesus for Jesus. For the salvation he has provided for us. All of this, by the way, please do not miss this. Do not miss this. God is not telling us, I'm going to bless you through every storm just so that you can exist and wait for the next one. <coughs> then exist and wait for the next one. And exist until you get old, you're 110, you're about to die. No. When God delivers us from every storm, when he brings us through, it is always 
that he empowers us and he uses us to go and bear the testimony that Jesus is Savior. Every stone, every blessing, a blessing from God should never be contained. The deliverance of God should never be contained. God told us that. He says, when I comfort you, the very comfort I comfort you with, I'm going to use you to be a comfort and a blessing to somebody. Yeah. Let's pause here a little while. Let's slow it down here a little bit, right? Reflect back in 2019. Can't you see in life when you went through something and God blessed you and he brought you out or even in the midst of it where he strengthened you and then right after that he brings somebody in your life? Didn't that happen? And then he used you to be a blessing to that person. That's the wonderful thing of what Jesus is doing inside of us through all storms. The very storm itself, through the very trial of the storms, God uses us. Doesn't only bless us, but it's about a blessing beyond us. Are you following that? So in the midst of the storm, here's how we have to pray. God, thank you. This may be my storm, but it is somebody else's blessing. It is your testimony to someone else. It's not just about me. It's that someone else. Use me, God, to touch someone else as you bring me through this. Let us pray. Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Lord, we pray for those who are listening. And we ask in the name of Jesus, dear God, that you will touch their hearts at this very moment. Give them your grace that they will trust you as their Savior. For you left heaven and you came in this world. And you went to the cross because you love them as you love all of us, as you love the world. But it is your desire, Father, for everyone to hear the gospel, but yet you give us. When we hear that gospel, yet you give us that freedom to choose. So touch their hearts now, Lord Jesus, that they would believe in you as your Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. And at this moment, to accept you by faith, to accept you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Accept what you did on Calvary Street for them. Thank you. Now, Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for speaking it into our hearts. So, Holy Spirit, it is all of you, dear God, so thank you, Jesus. Your truth always sets us free. So we bless your holy name. Thank you, God, for bringing us through the storms in 2019. And thank you, God, for how you would continue to bring us through life storms in 2020. And thank you, God, that when you bring us through the storms, dear God, it's always, dear God, that you are bringing about your greater purpose. Yes. 
and you're, that you're using us to bear a testimony. Lord Jesus, that you are Lord of our lives. You are indeed Lord of our lives and that you love us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Amen.